I'm Shannon Paradis, your host and founder of Learn, Laugh, Leap. I'll be bringing you content about self-discovery, how people find their purpose, live joyfully, and make an explosive impact on those around them. The podcast at its core is centered around health and wellness, but I want to start by learning from people that light up my life personally, laugh a lot, and then I want to have conversations with people that change the way we dream and empower us to leap forward. I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's leap in. I've got Mr. Eric Dunn with me here tonight. And Eric is a personal trainer, and he's going to tell us about his journey into personal training, kind of what got him started. How are you doing, Eric? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm flipping fantastic. Loving life. So did you come from a personal training session? Actually, I did today. And how did it go? She does what I ask her to do, so that helps. Her ultimate goal is to get in better shape and then have a kid. Bravo to that. Your client is doing the right thing by being like proactive before it happens. Yeah, right now for her, it's just a matter of creating better habits for her mm-hmm. and stuff that she can do on her own. The goal isn't to train her until she's 70, 80 years old. Like she's got her own workout equipment that she's bought since starting and uh, she's fully capable of doing it at home. Now it's just a matter of like knowing how to do it and what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, per whatever the workout is that day and how that fits in with her diet and what we're trying to work on. That's interesting that she keeps coming back to you despite the fact that you've kind of shown her what she needs to do at home, right? Mm-hmm. So is it a motivational thing or why do you think that she's still coming back? Uh, everyone needs a bit of a push and I think for her she's not of the mindset of, well, let me learn this and I'll try it on my own which is a pretty common thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with that, either the person drops off or they end up doing the same thing. I think this is just more for, she recognizes she needs the accountability and uh, just the extra push and guidance on what to do. Plus Mm -hmm. having to show up to something you're paying money for and invested in helps a lot more than pulling a workout out of a magazine and then (laughs) however that goes. Maybe not doing it. You know, the magazine, the purpose of that is generally to... There's workout in there, and if you look at one for men or women, men, it's typically abs and arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, price says that on the cover, too, like a new ab workout or a new arm workout, and all they want you to do is pick that thing up and pay for it. Workouts are fine, but if you don't know what you're doing or what you're supposed to feel, How you, know, you know, what's the point? Do you subscribe to any of those magazines? I'll browse. <laughs> do I recognize the person on the front? What are they trying to do? And it's, not, it's useful info. <laughs> Is it Ryan Reynolds? No? Okay, yeah. go. Get out of here. Oh, well, it should be Chris Hemsworth. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like whenever any guy that saw the movie 300 looked at that mm. and thought, how do I, what do I have how to do, do to there? look like that? <laughs> uh, same thing with Thor. This conversation's going in a weird direction. But you see it and it's like, oh, I could wish I looked like that. Uh, part of it's unrealistic for looking like that. You can look in shape and very fit, but it's a process to stick with. Not everyone has the same resources as a Yael Godot who's probably working out four hours a day, six or eight months beforehand to get into the physical role of that part. A lot of them say it's a job that they do. It's not a recreational thing or something they do at the end of the day. Like they treat it's it work. like their job. They've got the best resources in the world for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I think it was um, Jillian Michaels that said 
on her Instagram because she she's doing all these cool workouts and you see beautiful kind of picturesque scenes in the back. And she says, I, I want everybody to know that I get paid to do this stuff. I'm working out four hours a day. I've got a great body, but I also have access to some of the best resources in the world. I myself, as a personal trainer, have a personal trainer that's kicking my butt every day. So who's your personal trainer? David Goggins? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> All right, let's talk about him. Uh, his most notable claim is he's a Navy SEAL that got into running or ultra running, ultra marathons. He probably does triathlons too. I had heard about him a while back because I actually went into trying to become a Navy SEAL. Really? Which didn't work. I stopped sleeping when I was at the training. Oh my gosh. It was weird. Body and brain just go to a different spot when... They wind you up and then you just don't wind back down and you're sleepwalking. How long were you in the training before that started happening? Like six weeks in. Oh, how long is the training before you are become a Navy SEAL? It can be up to years. (gasps) You go to uh, basic (laughs) and then you go to pre-buds, which you just work out for six or eight weeks. And then you would go to buds, which is the SEAL training out in Coronado. What were they making you do that was so like... Oh, it's just the long days. Your body will meet the demands of it, but spent pretty much a year getting ready to go into it. You work with a dive motivator. You work on swimming, the stroke they teach you, push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and then a run. It's cool stuff. For instance, you have to do two minutes of push-ups, as many as you can do without your chest hitting the ground. When I started, I couldn't hold myself up and do 40, and at the end of it, I could do almost 120. In two minutes? Yeah. And just the way your body changes and kind of how you adapt to it where all these doors open up where it's like, I didn't know I could do that, but now I can. What else can I do? Holy smokes. Do you have to qualify to get into the training program? Yep. You would have to get in and then go into the basic part. Okay. Which basic was where I washed out. Just (laughs) My body just can't. Or was it more mentally? Oh, it's all mental. Did you get influenced by David Goggins before you went into basic training? I knew about him and listened to interviews with him beforehand, but that was, at that point, it was like any book I could get about the SEALs or the Navy I would read. His story sounds unbelievable, and you hear it and just doesn't sound real, but you look at his before picture where he's almost 300 pounds, and then you look at his after picture where he's 180 I always wonder about cases like that because it takes like a rewiring of the brain. Like, how do you get there? How did First he get there? time he tried, he went, he was going to go three quarters of a mile and he, he made it that far. And then he stopped and cried, went back, had a milkshake and <gasps> that's awful. went to his mom, cried some more and he was bringing in like 800 bucks a month and his rent was a thousand. So he didn't walk into the, uh, I love this saying, like he didn't walk into the arena with his hand raised where he just automatically got it Mm -hmm. and even now like the guy hates running yeah so what got you into personal training went through about a year after getting out of the navy Uh, i was dating someone and that ended pretty bad and it was just a kind of a a heartbreaking deal where it's like okay i spent a year trying to work up to get into this and now it's gone so the route i had been on shifted and Mm -hmm. it's like the one thing i could control or felt like i could at the time was so I can go work out. Like you can always do that and right. just listen to music and that's a safe space yeah. or productive. Yeah. I think I probably typed in motivation on YouTube or motivational <laughs> video because it's like I don't know what else to do. Oh. And I found videos from a guy named Greg Plitt who unfortunately died. He got hit by a train trying to film his own commercial. 
What? He was just like way out there. Oh my gosh. Before that, <sighs> I've never heard of this. Found guy. his videos, and his stuff was just so to the point and blunt, mm -hmm. and basically like a get out there and go do it. He had a bunch of nonsensical stuff, but it made enough <laughs> made sense, sense at the you. time. Yeah. Yeah. From watching these videos and things, how long did it take for you to become a personal trainer? I was listening to those for about three months before, and my cousin had gone to the same personal training schools, uh, National Personal Training Institute in Brooklyn Park, and he had been a trainer for a lifetime since 2008 um and it's like i don't know why it didn't click but it's like oh yeah, you can get paid for this too <laughs> so we have been working out since 2001 and it finally clicked in 2014 paid. instead of just something i can do to feel better and yeah back to the david goggins thing yeah he trained a guy jesse itzler who yes. worked with or built up zico coconut water his wife started oh. Spanx. They're pretty well off. And he was just stuck in the routine and autopilot of things. He needed to break that up. So he brought Goggins in to train him for a month and help with that. And his one caveat was, you have to do everything I say when I say it or whenever I choose. And you can't really complain. Whenever I choose. Um, Such a shitty rule. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. It's, he had a thing where it's like every four hours we're going to run four miles. And they did that for 48 hours. Whatever happened to like, it's okay. Just do your best. He's doing his best. So you got your new workout habits from David Goggins. For the next 25 days, I and the previous five, I ran five miles a day for the first five. It's going to be six for the next five, seven, eight, nine, ten, up to the 30-day mark. And that's averaged out because he's got some in there where he's going six miles a day, three miles a day, 18 miles a day. Ugh. And I'm nowhere near that point. Super sore right now. <laughs> Are you trying to train for something? Just trying just to get like, this over with. Trying to get what over with? Trying to complete the amounts of work that he put in in the month. Just when to break up. So it ends after 30 days. Yep. Thank goodness. Yeah. And you can just go back to not running? Are you a runner? Running for fun. Okay. The uh, dive motivator I had had a fun saying that I like to use that everyone rolls their eyes at. It's uh, how do you eat that. an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time, yep. Yeah, she did it. No, I didn't. I Mine was more just, I have a shift, like my eyes shift to the left. Not the same as rolling your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of how you have to look at whatever you're going after. If you're trying to lose 80 pounds, you're not going to lose it in one workout or one week or one month. Right. Because you didn't gain it in that same time period. You probably gained it over, I've got some friends from college that... 15 years. Yeah, basically. They've probably gained 12 pounds a year that they just haven't lost from lazy habits or excessive habits. per year? Seems like it. But not math. I went to Winona <laughs> for advertising okay. and art. I'm... Did you actually think that you were going to be an artist? Or what were you... I like to create. So what can you create in personal training? Creating new habits and better productive habits for people or creating better bodies for people or whatever they want. Whether yeah. it's, I've had worked with anyone from a 24 year old girl that wants to post better pictures of her butt online. Are you serious? Yeah. That down to helping someone that's had their shoulder or had a shoulder surgery and hip surgery or knee surgery move better and be able to just get up and down from the ground so you realized that you could make money doing it so then you got certified through this same national yeah npti that was a six-month program 500 hours 
Can you tell us, like, where was the first place that you started out personal training? Uh, I was training friends. Okay. At that point, you're trying to... Just build a network. Build a network, get people in front of you. It's like you're just working on getting repetitions with it because you're not perfect from the start. And if you're going by the book of it, it gets pretty intricate, which might be needed, but you don't have to uh, turn the knob up to 10 to work with your 26-year-old friend who doesn't have anything wrong with them. Right. So you figure that out. You figure out what you need and don't need. Did you use the clamp at that time where it's like... Oh. It's like the fat clamp. The caliper? Yeah. I use it today. You do? Yeah, at the time we basically... We would touch on it. As we're going through, we would practice pinching each other with it. That has got to be the most humiliating thing. I had to do it. I had a personal trainer for like a month, and that was my least favorite thing. You're clamping your fat. I don't know. It's worse when you have more. <laughs> <laughs> Did you end up at a facility? Did in home training, and then two other people that I had completed the school with, we were all working to do more in home training, more in north loop of minneapolis okay Maybe. and i started working for lifetime as an operations person so i went around made sure stuff was working in order and then it's a glorified term for janitor basically uh couldn't be a trainer there because that's where my cousin had worked it was a good experience for meeting all the people there yeah. and kind of getting a feel for how the company works versus just uh, i guess knowing what lifetime is if you've never been in one mm -hmm. uh and what they're trying to do so so where did you end up going from there I went to LA Fitness to in a different role while still doing in-home training. Okay. That was in West St. Paul. And eventually you ended up at a different facility. I worked a cube job for a whole seven business days. Everyone there had grayish colored skin. They were all massively overweight and they all just looked really sick and sitting down for eight hours making calls and being on a computer didn't work that well mm -hmm. meanwhile a friend of mine suggested going to work with him because he loved it turns out pest control is not a fun career path and did not fit me that ended thankfully after i was hired by lifetime when you started at lifetime was it intimidating at all yes because i had a certain somewhat idealized perception of it because i had been a member at the club and as a trainer getting into it that's where i had initially thought it's like i want to end up here but it was a better place to be where i could work on enhancing my own knowledge what's your ideal client look like if you could just like create somebody that is going to walk in tomorrow what do they have in their head and what maybe physically are their challenges the biggest thing would be someone that recognizes that they need help or accountability more so mm -hmm. even personal trainers need trainers but people are very reluctant to ask for help instead they will spend two or three or four months trying it on their own and they revert back to walking slower on the treadmill than they do from place to place, playing on their phone or checking social media or doing something non-productive. And then when they don't lose weight or get stronger or whatever they came in there for, then they're frustrated and they quit and then they take more time off. Instead of being a month away from their goal, they're six months farther away from what, where they wanted to be because they just didn't ask. You're not on social media. Uh, you're not on Facebook. So that probably frees up a lot of time for you. So what do you do in your free time? 
I read uh, anything from stuff related to training, health, fitness, and all that to World War II history or the author I've read a handful of books of James Rollins or funny helpful stories like Living with the Seal, the Jesse Itzler, David Goggins one. Yeah. In kind of the health and wellness space, what has been a really good book or resource for you that you can recommend? Bigger, Leaner, Stronger by Michael Matthews. Okay. He's very evidence and science-based where it's not entirely something they did in a lab that they proved, but he backs a lot of his info up with studies and things that have been done and have been proven along with just his own experience from training and working with people. What has been the best success story for you in personal training? I started working with a client who is a former college football player. He was 6'5", 6'6", and when he came in, he was around 380 pounds. Late 30s, mid-late 30s, and the first time I had worked with him, I had brought him through just a warm-up routine that was pretty slow, and I thought he was going to kick the bucket right there because he was tilting his head back and like Uh looking towards the ceiling like he was blacking out. After six months of him consistently coming in, altering his diet to something that was not serving him to something that benefited his day and what he needed to do. He went from 380 down to, I think the last time we had weighed in, he was right above 300. And he was playing softball. He could move better. He golfed. He, but going from, I think this guy might die working with me to he's moving better. He's had some aha moments. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have Pop-Tarts and Cheez-Its for breakfast. And instead. Was that for real? Like, what was he actually eating for breakfast? He was eating no. Yeah. And so how often was he seeing you? A week or? He was seeing me weekly, but he was also okay. coming in and doing uh, metabolic workouts on his own that would kind of help his body get into more of a fat burning zone and kind of train his heart rate zones to uh, increase when they needed to or increase if they needed to, to burn more fat, get more oxygen going through his body and just kind of better help him recover. Mm-hmm. And so you've mentioned nutrition a couple of times. What's your personal take on your diet nutrition and how has that changed for you over time? My personal one has gotten much more specific. So instead of just being uh, vague or general with it, it's like, oh, eggs of protein, meat is protein, nuts of protein, and identifying what carbs are. Now it's more specific. So it's like, okay, eggs are about half fat, half protein. Red meat has this kind of fat in it versus turkey, which is leaner. When I eat these things, eat red meat after 7 p.m. or if you're going to go to sleep at 10 it takes your body much more energy to digest it so the planning is much more red meat yep okay just takes more energy to break that up and get it into the system versus a turkey or protein powder or egg walk me through like a day of meals for you if you were being like on your best behavior i'd wake up and start with a protein shake with some like a nut butter and fruit So say half a banana, vanilla, protein powder, whatever kind. I pretty much cut out dairy just because you get inflammation and other issues you don't want to worry about with that. So coconut milk's reliable. And that was more through trial and error where you have something and two hours later you just don't feel great. And it's easy on the stomach. Uh, And this is a big thing too because there's not, the FDA won't get involved or certify stuff unless it really, there's issues with the product itself. Okay. It's like so handful. none of these protein powders are FDA certified. No. Uh, what they do have, it's the GMP sticker on it. It's okay. a little oval esque thing. 
uh, and that's good manufacturing practices. So what that means is what's in the product is what, or what it says is in the product is actually what's in it. It seems I mean, simple. Do, do, are there foods that don't have that stamp? Oh, yeah. That um, is concerning to me. It's like the ingredients that are on their list, they may have, may or may not have more ingredients than that if they don't have the stamp. That or, say, if something says it's 20 grams of protein per serving, you might be getting 12 or 14 and then a bunch of filler. It happened again. I got sucked in as a consumer. I bought products before I had all the facts. Several podcasts that I love endorse and are sponsored by Thrive Market, so I thought I would give the brand a try. I ordered a bunch of seemingly harmless products off of their website that boasts their products are all organic and non-GMO. That doesn't mean that they're FDA certified. My whey protein is not FDA certified. Here's what I found out about the general rule for protein powder. Protein powder is considered a supplement, so it is not regulated by the FDA. Federal law does not require dietary supplements to be proven safe to FDA's satisfaction before they're marketed. For most claims made in the labeling of dietary supplements, the law does not require the manufacturer or seller to prove to FDA's satisfaction that the claim is accurate or truthful before it appears on the product. I also wanted to do a little bit more digging into protein powder specifically. One article on mindbuddygreen.com called Why You Really Shouldn't Use Protein Powders states, Protein powders are highly processed and are often heated to the point that the protein is denatured, which makes it nearly impossible for the body to recognize and use. The result is higher levels of acidity and toxicity in the body, which can lead to plenty of un wanted illnesses. Protein powders are often filled with preservatives, genetically modified organisms, allergens like dairy, whey protein isolate, and soy, and other synthetic toxins like aspartame, saturated, and artificial flavors. The whey protein that I picked up from Thrive Market only has stevia, which apparently is a natural sweetener, but I don't want any sweetener in my whey protein. Just give me the protein. This article suggests that getting your protein from eating whole foods like hemp seeds offer fiber and omega-3 fatty acids, and it's just fine. So you don't have to rely on your protein powders to get your protein in for the day. I still want to emphasize my point of being the most educated consumer possible by reading your labels so you don't A, waste your money, or B, more importantly, harm your body. By looking for FDA approval and checking for GMOs, allergens, toxins, and if you don't know what an ingredient is, Google it. I don't have much of an appetite, and I try and get enough protein in the morning to keep me... uh, Sated for a few hours, yeah. And if you are having issues with that, you're probably having one, too much carbs, or not enough fat or protein that help the body feel fuller and satisfied. Mm -hmm. Lunch, some kind of lean meat, or three or four eggs and egg whites, and then bell peppers, jasmine rice or brown rice for more carbs there. For snacks, banana and peanut butter or apple and peanut butter. Protein shake along with that. So if I'm eating food that regularly, 
try and get at least like 30 grams of protein in with every meal or snack. Eric and I talked a little bit about what 30 grams of protein looks like. Four ounces of ground beef would be 33 grams of protein. Five large hard-boiled eggs is 31. Seven thick slices of bacon. One scoop of whey protein or four ounces of grilled chicken breast would also be 30, around 30 grams of protein. The average amount of protein that you should be minimally getting per day is 0.5 grams per pound. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you would aim for a minimum of 100 grams of protein per day. An average healthy adult female whose primary goal is building muscle, getting toned, or maintaining muscle while losing fat would aim for 1 to 1.2 grams per pound. So it depends on what your goals are, so you can do your research online to see what you should be targeting, but great lesson for me. So how much of your guidance that you're giving to your clients is food related because I'm sure they have a lot of questions around that. For my title and all that and for being a trainer, I can't prescribe people what to eat. I can give them some hints, pointers, rough guidelines. Yeah. Okay. Without trying to be, sound like a parent talking to their kid like, well, what'd you eat today? Are you beginning breakfast regularly? What is that? Like, what do your snacks look like? What'd you have for lunch? Because a lot of people work busier schedules and like the client that was the football player, he's a lawyer. So he's working on deals all the time, stress levels high, and they go out for a lot of lunches. But it's just trying to get them towards the best choices for what their goal is. Mm -hmm. Are you finding it to be rewarding? Yeah, it is satisfying working with people. So it's rewarding enough that it's something that you want to stick with because you're you're transforming people's lives, really. Yes, and this country is not getting healthier, and there's no shortage of bad or false information out there that isn't right for the person that's viewing it or digesting it. So Where do you direct people that are just starting out? Starting out, I try not to overload them. Like, try and balance that out between not necessarily having them do something new every time, but getting something that they can take with them or creating some kind of accomplishment for them to build on so they come back. What would that look like for somebody week one? That could be as simple as telling them to drink more water. Okay. To, like, I want you to come back in and do the same workout or do the stretches we worked on or something that just kind of gets them more involved than just having them come in and see a a one to three times a week and then resume their regular life where they have the same habits and lifestyle outside of it. Mm -hmm. So you just try and slowly turn the course that they're on. Yeah. Any innovations or products that you're excited about that are new? The TheraBand Flex Bar is great. For anyone who's interested, the TheraBand Flex Bar is $25 on Amazon. It's a flexible, durable device used to complete hand, wrist, forearm, and elbow exercises that improve your grip and forearm strength through bending and twisting. The people that I've used that with have been uh, a lot of tennis players or people that do a lot of stuff with their hands where they're constantly gripping. That could be anything from once a day to three times, depending on how bad it is, Mm -hmm. Um, but just keeping them on a regular schedule. So just daily at a minimum, do it before or after you do something like lifting heavy things or playing around with tennis, whatever that might be. Okay. Resistance bands are always good. Get a kind that's durable enough. Back to like the Target Walmart version, it's a thinner tube 
you know, you step on a grain of sand or a rock and the thing will rip and then you're out 15 bucks. Yeah. Um, you can replicate so a workout yeah, anywhere, stretch yourself out a bit better with those and activate muscles a bit differently. Okay. Everyone should own a foam roller. Yes. We have one of those. They're Do you pain- have one? Oh yeah. Okay. They're painful, but they also, or they can be painful. Sometimes they feel good. They help relieve tension and reduce tension in the muscle and tendons. Uh, they can help with circulation. It's great for the beginning of a workout or if you have time to kill in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it relaxes the muscles in some spots that everyone develops tension in. That's what my husband does it in front of the TV and he does it on his back. I don't, I've seen people use it on like their shoulders or their mm-hmm. neck, but I feel like I need to be kind of trained the right on the right way to do it because you could actually probably hurt something there is a wrong way for to do it or if you don't know what you're supposed to feel so do you have a foam roller in the gym that you're working at yep and i've got one of my own that's more of a travel size pink himalayan sea salt is great for promoting hydration Uh, most people will double up on the water they drink when it gets hot out like it is which that's okay but that can dilute your body's electrolyte balance instead of just being hydrated you your ability to recover cramping muscle soreness creeps in but when you have the sea salt that helps keep the body hydrated and promote hydration so you're not cramping and hmm. you have much better energy your strength stays and just keeps you at more of a neutral spot instead of being in a deficit do you put it in water yeah you can add a pinch of that every time you drink 12 to 16 ounces if it's warmer out and uh, adding on to that, you can add lime juice if you want to. The natural kind that doesn't have any added sugar to it because they like to, companies like to add sugar to everything. Of course. That's something too where if you just drink a lot of water and say you can taste your sweat and it stops tasting salty, mm-hmm. that's where you're going. So this will help keep that in your body so you're... Maintaining your electrolytes. Yep. That's awesome. I feel like that's gold. I've never heard that before. Give it a try. It's not, you're not trying to drink salt water. You yeah. can... You know, every 12 to 16 ounces of water, add a pinch of it. If you want to drink more, go ahead. And then the lime juice helps too. Um, but would you recommend that before a workout? I would do that. I do that now when I get up in the morning with the lime. And then mm-hmm. just throughout the day, I'll add that in. And you feel much more awake and alert instead of having the crashes. So that helps a lot with that. How do we know we're getting real Himalayans? Um, <laughs> do we, call do we the have Himalayas? to go to the Himalayas? I don't know where they come up with that. <laughs> I just wonder, like, all right, are we really buying salt from the Himalayans? My gosh, we're just chipping away at it. <laughs> yeah. Is it one of the Sherpas on Edri- uh, Everest just right. hammering away? So I was actually super curious about Himalayan salt. It's actually not from the Himalayas, according to Wikipedia. It is sourced from a salt mine in Pakistan, which is about 300 miles west of the Himalayan mountain range. And it varies in color from white to opaque to pink. But to really, truly experience those benefits, you can also make what's called salt water soleil. It's water that's been saturated with natural salt to the point where it won't absorb anymore. I will leave the recipe in my blog for salt water soleil. According to holistic nutritionist Kelly LeVague, when we sweat and work out, we lose minerals and soleil is a great way to add them back into the body with water. Himalayan pink salt is packed with over 84 trace minerals and elements as opposed to table salt that is 97% sodium chloride. Excess sodium increases your risk of hypertension,
hypertension, osteoporosis, and kidney disease, whereas the elements of Himalayan pink sea salt are shown to create an electrolyte balance within your body, strengthen your bones, lower your blood pressure, and improve your circulation. Magnesium's a good one. When you don't have it, you can have neural excitation, so it helps your brain calm down, helps your body relax, and helps you recover. That's in found in nuts, leafy vegetables, and also improves insulin sensitivity and helps fight against depression and ADHD. Okay. Do you have a cheat day or a vice that if I put something in front of your face, you can't say no to it? Chips. <laughs> Chips and dip? No dip. Oh, really? Just straight up chips? Yeah. Uh, This has been a down year for the chip companies. (laughs) Or maybe they're just not putting them out yet. The uh, flavor submissions for Lay's. Usually get way on board with those, but now they're only releasing the biscuits and gravy, which is gross. You don't lame. You don't eat those, do you? No. Okay. I did eat their fried green tomato ones, which were delicious. No. So you could eat those just by the bag full? Oh, yeah. They don't last long. <laughs> that or Taco Bell. So if you're having a down day, do you go to Taco Bell? No. Uh, when I hang out with a cousin of mine that worked for a lifetime, we'll go to Taco Bell, and our order is usually something around $25 to $30. It's delicious. It's just hard to get to at Taco Bell. You'd have to order, like, at least 16 tacos. Well, I could tell you my order. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, it's a chicken quesadilla. It's two Dorito Locos tacos, both ranch. <laughs> Beefy nacho loaded griller. Oh. Uh, usually. So it's giving me heartburn. It's impressive that you Cinnabon feel fine delights. Oh it's Gross. sad when you know the you have a preference for which person is doing the drive through because there's a guy that at the one in Lakeville we go to that sings, and now we sing back. Uh, what does he say? He sings like, "How can I help you? How can I help you? Welcome to Taco Bell. What can I get you?" <laughs> Sing your order back? Oh, yeah. I hope they're paying them extra for that. All right, so how can people find you or sign up with you as their personal trainer? And we already talked about what people could expect, I think. Yeah, for the expectation, too. It's just a plan and a program that's going to be tailored to you and what you want to do and also what I see for how you move and what you need to do to prevent future neck aches, back aches. Yeah, it's all custom to you so that's the point of it essentially like if you want any workout you can there's no shortage of them online or on instagram but that's not tailored to you sure and people need a bit of that one-on-one attention versus just going and doing something they found Mm -hmm. email wise would be the best way to get a hold of me okay eric p dunn at gmail.com if you have questions eric dunn everybody thanks for hanging out with me Thank you. Yeah. And um, again, if you meet with Eric, he'll tell you all about Himalayan sea salt and David Goggins.